today on Laura Lynn and Friends. After his first dose of Ashadanka, lost six feet of intestine. He, he was on the brink of death. He, he almost passed away. He is now left with the possibility of having a compromised immune system for the rest of his life. Uh, he also will have short bowel syndrome for the rest of his life. Well, hello everyone and welcome to The Last Days. I'm Laura Lynn Tatter-Thompson and I will be your host as we go through the apocalypse together. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't know if we're anywhere near the apocalypse. Um, I was able to freely get a coffee today um, and I've been eating out and uh, the unvaccinated are allowed back into restaurants and now I think we can fly. Um, so I just think it's, you know, it's fine. Everything's fine. Just totally relax your guard. <laughs> it's all just fine. And, uh, that is what the government would like you to believe, but I don't actually think it's fine. I think that we got to be vigilant at about this time. And uh, I was listening. Uh, so Dr. Um, Dr. Uh, President Biden, Build Back Better Biden is saying that all of the rest of the military must be vaccinated again. And uh, that if they don't, then they have to be removed. So 20,000 people are at risk of losing their jobs in the military down. So you can go and, and take the risk of dying for your country. You can take that risk, but you're not allowed to take the risk of deciding for yourself whether as a healthy young soldier, you can handle COVID or not. <laughs> and many of us already know that we've had COVID and we survived it just fine. Thank you very much. Most people do. Uh, for most people, it's a breeze once in a while. That horrible COVID can really give somebody a hard time. And we have learned and know that hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin work amazing because that's what I gave my dad when he was dying in the hospital. And uh, he came out of that hospital COVID-free and he survived COVID pneumonia, unvaccinated, 86 years old. Uh, sadly, my father, uh, within a short time after that, though, he did have strokes and he had been having strokes, I think. And uh, he did have a stroke that eventually took his life. And I got to spend his final days with him holding his hand. It was wonderful. And the treasure to me now is this beautiful Bible. It's a leather bound Bible that my dad had for years and years. I would see him reading it. And I like to read something every day and see what he underlined because he underlined almost every page in this Bible. So today I found this and it's in uh, Psalms 102 verse 17. It says, he will regard the prayer of the destitute and not despise their prayer. Amen. Do you feel a little bit destitute? I do sometimes. This is a very sad world. We feel like we're powerless. Uh, our money's losing in the uh, in the world economy right now. Uh, 64 cents or something like that. 64, 65 cents. The Canadian dollar, if you want to buy an American dollar, um, you know, or yeah, if you want to buy an American dollar, your your Canadian dollar is worth about 64 cents. Not good. Yeah, destitute. I feel a little destitute, but. The word says that he will hear our prayer. This shall be written for the generation to come. It says in verse 18 of Psalms 102, this shall be written for the generation to come. That's me and you and the people which shall be created shall praise the Lord. So that's really cool. I love how my dad loved the word of God. Uh, we've got a lot to get to today. So I'm just going to take off my glasses so that I look better 
you know, I don't exactly like my glasses, but I really need them, especially to see my dad's Bible. Um, today, it's all about media, and we have an incredible guest, and um, we're going to bring him on. Uh, so, what this guy has done, I want you to understand, he's paid a very high price personally to invest and create and make a movie. Uh, my friend Judy Vankovich has been just writing me nonstop about this guy. And he put his own money in so that so that all of it would, um, so that the world could know the truth. And he saw something very bad going on. He heard a story and he thought, this has to get out to the world. And I'm going to invest of my own money and bring it to the world. So I want to bring on Robert Bailey. And I want to thank you, Robert, for doing what you've done and being so very, very courageous. And uh, I just appreciate that you would do something as outrageous as you've done. It really is phenomenal. So before we talk, can we run the trailer of your movie? Uh, what's the name of it, Robert? Uh, vaccine Induced. And it's uh, very easy, vaccineinduced.com. You can see it for free if you'd like to, Vaccine Induced. Vaxinduced.com. Let's take a look. Vaccine-induced. Vaccine Vaccine side effects, induced. which, although serious, are rare. Muldoon got the AstraZeneca vaccine not long after he became seriously ill. You know, my wife would tell me once in a while that they were asking when dad was coming home. They just kind of said dad's sick and he's in the hospital. Sure, everything was going to be fine. We didn't know that. That's what you tell them. Vaccines shouldn't kill people. Vaccines shouldn't injure healthy people. I'd done this to myself. The guilt was horrendous. The guilt was overwhelming. For days, I was just an emotional wreck. You know, they said it was safe, and it, it wasn't safe. And it's just that simple. And the story of a Langley man who had no idea that getting his AstraZeneca shot would nearly cost him his life. Companies like Pfizer and Moderna can't be sued for money damages in court over injuries related to the administration or use of products to treat or protect against COVID-19. It kind of takes you back to that, um, some of you may die, but we're okay with that attitude. I run the gauntlet on emotions, the absolute gauntlet. Everybody had absolutely zero concerns. Everybody was very convinced, even in the medical community, that they were absolutely safe. There was a lot of tension around it. These were usually hushed conversations because nurses aren't allowed to speak like that. One nurse started to tell me she was skeptical of what was happening and then just stopped herself. She just flat out said, I'm not supposed to be talking like this. Those who received their first dose with the AstraZeneca vaccine did absolutely the right thing to prevent illness. Data from the United Kingdom shows a much lower blood clot risk from second doses of AstraZeneca, but this move will undoubtedly shake confidence. The doctors were concerned about the fact that the information was wrong. the worst mistake I've ever made in my life. Wow. I just want to see that movie right now. That's amazing. So how did it come Thank about you. that you felt so compelled? And how, how did you know about this story? And how did it come about that you would create a film on it? Uh, yes, ma'am. I uh, The day before, um, Judy had actually invited me to an event. Um, Judy Bankovich? Yes, ma'am. 
And yeah. uh, I, unbeknownst to me, I sat next to Sean without knowing him. It was just one of these incredible God things. And I didn't think too much of it. He had an amazing story. Uh, I went home and the next day, uh, while I was driving in the car, I heard on the radio that they were going to start vaccinating children. And uh, at that moment, it was a, uh, I was really struck with a major conviction. I, I, I had a mission from God and I felt like I, I had to do something. Um, if I had these skills, it would be morally wrong not to do something. Uh, so at that, I thought, oh, right. I sat next to Sean. He seems like a very articulate and uh, really high quality human being. So I, I called him up and it, it turned out that uh, <clears throat> the message I, that I had sent him, it went to his spam mail. And that was just by happenstance was the first day in months, perhaps six months that he had read it. So for that reason, we got in touch and it's amazing how many God steps go into it. And yeah, it, it was just a real mission from God. Amazing. Um, I saw that they were covering this story on mainstream media. It seemed a little, uh, that could be because it's an AstraZeneca and they seem to have covered some of the, um, negative effects from Johnson and Johnson as well. Uh, because those have not re really been big players. Uh, but I, I guess you're well aware that the vaccine harms and injuries and the deaths, uh, sudden adult death syndrome becoming a thing in the world, um, is it's still going on. It is. It's, it's wild. Uh, one of the interesting parts is that since Sean was one of the very first in all of Canada to have this, uh, he got in before people stopped talking about it. This was a strange anomaly. He actually knew someone at the news agency, which is why he got in. Uh, or so they thought it was a strange anomaly until this started to happen more and more. And that's why it's so amazing that he has a confirmed case proven. And that's why it made such a compelling story. Right. So you, you decided that this was important enough uh, to put your own money into this. So what... What was it that did that for you? Is it because you see that it's not being covered enough? I felt like I had to do something. Um, it's, it's, they were starting to vaccinate the children and I figured one day I will have children and I, I had to be able to tell them that looking back, I, I had done something. Uh, I think that it's our responsibility uh, to do that and it was just such an important subject. I could not do it. And that's, that's truthfully all that it is. It, uh, they had started doing that and, and I, I could not. You're so right. Um, you know, Robert, uh, you can see Dr. Teresa Tam talking about the safety of these vaccines and rolling it out to young uh, children as young as six months old in our nation. Wow. And it, it's absolutely horrendous. Over 150 kids have died from getting, I'm sure it's actually much higher um, from getting the vaccine, not from COVID, but from getting the vaccine. And so your labor of love is well appreciated. What did you learn during um, doing this movie? How did it come about? Did you, do you, did you film it yourself? Uh, did you hire a crew? How did you do it? Uh, yes, ma'am. So the whole thing was uh, a one man band type deal. Um, director, producer, uh, held the camera, everything, DOP, editing. Uh, I was very blessed. I was very blessed to have helpers uh, that came on board. I offered to pay them and many of them declined. Uh, but we, we brought in professional actors. We brought in being such a supportive hand. 
this was so important um, and, and it really did. I, I'm so blessed that uh, I learned that you can really do anything. Uh, if you get given a mission, you, you just have to have the faith to do it and uh, you have to be brave enough to do it because, uh, you know, uh, there were so many incredible um, uh, things that were fulfilled spontaneously. And I have to do it to God because, you know, uh, it is he, I don't want to get too flyerful with my language, but praise God, because all I did was follow and listen and, and work as hard as I could. He did the rest. Well, I honor that because actually God's using a lot of people at this time in history for such a time as this to, to basically get the truth out there because it's not coming out very easily in mainstream media. And uh, the truth is completely being suppressed. It is ridiculous. It is ridiculous that President Biden is forcing people to get this jab when we've got doctors that are now putting their whole entire careers and reputations on the line to say that this stuff is going in and it's blocking, you know, it's blocking your veins and it's causing myocarditis and all kinds of things and heart attacks and cancers are way up. And uh, one, one actual doctor in an article I was reading yesterday said that he's certain that it is the jab, the, the third jab that uh, put his cancer into full-blown, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's on again when it had been sort of in remission. And so while that's happening, then you've got these stories that are coming out and we need people like yourself to tell these stories. And so it, it's an amazing thing that you've done this. Um, can you tell us about the, the person this story is about? How is he doing and what's the sort of the ongoing, um, you know, how, how yes, is the situation? Uh, well, the story is on a gentleman called Sean Muldoon. He's a Langley local and um, he unfortunately, uh, after his first dose of AstraZeneca, lost six feet of intestine, uh, six feet, 10 centimeters, actually. And uh, he, he was on the brink of death. He, he almost passed away. Uh, he would have left behind an incredible family. I've met them. They're just wonderful people. Uh, he is now left with the possibility of having a compromised immune system for the rest of his life. Uh, he also will have short bowel syndrome for the rest of his life. And it's... Uh, it's horrendous. Uh, they, well, I can let him speak to more of it, but they had tried to get him to take a second shot and uh, it's, it, it's wild. It's absolutely wild what happened to him. And it's, it's a travesty that more people don't know about these things or even question if they do happen because they do. Um, so they, they wanted him to take a second shot after this happened to him? Uh, yes, ma'am. They had said that he had gotten the AstraZeneca and had a reaction to that and therefore he could get a competing brand for the second one. Uh, he eventually got a signed letter from Bonnie Henry, uh, giving him a delay until he is deemed by doctors to be safe to take his second shot, which well, is wild. The isn't that kind of Dr. Bonnie Henry? What a lovely gesture uh, extended, you know, hurrah, hurrah for her. Uh, saying, well, we'll give you an extension. You don't have to get it right now since you almost died. We'll, we'll, uh, you know, we'll give you some time. Yes, it, it's wild. The, uh, the interesting part about it is that while Sean was in the hospital, he was at, since he was one of the very first, he was actively seeing the risk levels uh, increase and increase. Originally, it was around a one in a million deal that, uh, and the, the, the sad part of it is that people like this use the excuse of the greater good. Uh, it's only something, it won't happen to me. 
but he was watching in the hospital bed as it went from a million down to one and a half a million, all the way down to one in 26,000. Uh, the, the risk level that he signed up for was not the risk level that there actually was. It's, it's horrendous. It really is. So, uh, Robert, if I could ask you, um, your, your film, are you going to recoup? Like how you, you're just seeming to allow everyone to see it for free. That's very generous, but it cost you quite a bit. Uh, it, it took about, well, since it was a one man band from storyboarding all the way to the end, um, it, it did take a lot of time, uh, yeah. full-time work. Um, so uh, five months of full-time work. And then on top of that, uh, the cost of renting the university to do the filming at plus the crew, praise be to the crew. I mean, thank you crew, because uh, not all of them accept their paychecks. And I can't tell you how much I appreciated that. Um, on top of insurance, the rest of it, it was wild. Uh, recouping the costs, maybe it will happen. I don't think it will. Uh, I, I, I hope that this will lead to either well, truthfully, man, I, I, I can't give you an answer. It was just a job that I had to do. I was a mission from God and I had to follow that. The wonderful thing about it is that it has led to other jobs in the future, but that was never the plan. I, I didn't even think anyone would see it. I, I it, Once we got taken off of YouTube the first time, within about 12 hours, mm. we were censored off of YouTube. I wasn't sure if anyone would ever see this movie, but it was something that was such a compulsion that I, I had to make. And... Uh, We'll see what happens. You know that uh, you're it, over the target when YouTube is uh, deleting you. <laughs> I got deleted yes. there too. Uh, and you know what? I got my channel back a year later. But um, you know that you're making a difference when uh, they don't like what you're putting out there. So um, dur during when you were making this and everything, did you have this sense in your heart uh, did you have moments like while you're editing that you felt like the Holy Spirit was guiding the whole process? It was wild. It was absolutely wild. I, I went from moments of complete fear to um, just complete praise. Uh, it, it was absolutely wild. <laughs> I go for these walks and not even know what was going to happen. Um, there was one moment when uh, we, I got hit with a thousand dollar bill that I wasn't expecting and it was due the next morning. And it was amazing. We had some uh, some friends who I believe want to remain uh, anonymous. Well, they said they did want to remain anonymous, who just walked in without knowing and just said, hey, just so you know, I know this thing is coming up. Uh, we'd like to take care of that for you. It was amazing. The, things like this happened again and again and again. When I rented out Trinity, uh, originally the price was going to be for a blockbuster movie. Then somebody saw the script word. Oh, no. Everyone else has said, no, we can't let you film here. Trinity, somehow somebody on the inside lowers the price. It, it's just one thing after the other of, of uh, somehow this got made. And uh, it was an, an extreme amount of, of, it was, it was. And, and even for to keep the spirits up on my end, because that's, as, it, it was long and it was hard. <laughs> yeah. Did you yeah. feel like giving up? <laughs> it was, I, uh, no, but uh, there were definitely moments that my body was going, yes. Uh, but right. it, it was, it was something it. that I, I had to do. You had yeah, to do. Had to. It's amazing. So could everybody see it? They go to vaccineinduced.com. Are they able to see the film, yes, download it from there or see it there? Full download there. Yes, ma'am. There's even a press kit section. You can download uh, uh, flyers if you want to upload something on Instagram. There's anything you like, but please, uh, it, it would be amazing right. if this can help the world in some way. And for that to happen, it needs to be seen. So vaccineinduced.com. 
Very good. Uh, Robert, before I let you go, it strikes me that there might be somebody watching who really appreciates the effort you've done and they might have the ability to yeah. bless you and to help to compensate you for your own funds. Uh, can they, is there a contact on that website that they would be able to get a hold of you? Yes, ma'am. If you were to go to the, uh, the contact us section, there's a, a full uh, email, please email us. Uh, there's also a donation box on the site itself. It's, uh, th there are so many more projects like this that I would love to do. Um, and if I had the, the ability to do it, there, there are some incredible stories I would like to tell. All right. Well, I appreciate what you've done and I honor your sacrifice. This is an hour where we must be courageous. And uh, in order to do this, you've laid aside everything, your reputation, uh, your relationships, probably to some degree. Uh, you have laid aside your funds to do this. And um, I believe God has seen it. So I hope somebody could help you. Thank you very much for that, uh, Robert. We appreciate you coming on the show today. Uh, thank you so much for help. Uh, thank you so much for having me. And uh, I, I didn't know you were going to say that part at the end. So thank you yes, very much. You're welcome. God bless. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Very nice. What a great guy. Well, in keeping with the theme of media and what's going on in the world, I'd like to invite our next guest, uh, Nick Catarano. And uh, he works for Disney. And this is yet another courageous man speaking the truth, you know, putting his own person and reputation at risk and telling people the truth. So welcome, Nick, to the show. Thank you very much for being here Thank with us today. I really appreciate that. Thank you, Laura Lynn. Thanks for the kind words. I appreciate it. I was listening to Robert's uh, testimony right. and, and you could relate to a lot of that. You know, you just, you come to that crossroads and you think, I got to do something. I just can't ignore this. And um, I, I'm, I'm grateful for each person that takes that choice and, and takes the right direction. And then you see you, God open up. Yes, the doors. Do you feel like that happened for you, Nick? Like, do you feel like you've had to make that same decision that this has been a God-led experience as you are basically sort of telling the truth? Uh, you work for Disney. We've all been hearing a few things about what's going on. So, so t tell us a bit about your journey. Yeah, for, for me, definitely, when the mandates came, it, I've, I've told the story so many times, but just when when we were going through the lockdown and things didn't seem right and I didn't really understand that after my experience of getting COVID and like you mentioned, taking ivermectin and, and getting better and looking into it and realizing something was really wrong. Um, and the only thing I could uncover when I looked at remdesivir that was being promoted as, as the solution and the protocol in the hospitals and, and all that coming together, I just realized they were killing people. Um, there was no other way. There was another motive and I didn't quite understand it. And I, and it was Ephesians 5.11, you know, have nothing to do with the unfruitful work, works of darkness, but rather expose them. And then in, I think it's first Corinthians, I can't remember the scripture, but our weapons of our warfare are mighty in God for bringing down our strongholds of anything that opposes yes. itself against God and knowledge of God and, and, and the mind of Christ. Um, and yeah, so I, I just felt convicted. I had to do something. Um, and since then I've met so many people that, that, that are, uh, like-minded, you know, we're all walking in lockstep and I'm seeing more and more people, uh, starting to, you know, maybe later, later than I wish, but they're starting to, to realize that it's time. And, and, 
I was just in Houston actually talking at a pastor's conference and speaking at a fundraiser, and my message is to encourage the pastors and the churches now to, 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 to activate, to stand up and stand their ground um, and join us in the fight. Well, I, I thank you for that. Um, when did you start feeling sort of in your heart that you needed to be more vocal about things that you were seeing or what you understand is going on in Disney? I think it was right when the mandates were coming. I didn't realize all the wokeness that was going to explode out of there shortly after, but it was the mandates for sure that, that was the uh, precipice and just the, I guess, like we all feel the insanity of the narrative that made no sense that once your eyes are open and you saw, you took the time to clearly look at things. Um, and that's when I wrote that open letter at goofyvaccine.com. And, and it was just, it was just a journey. I wasn't somebody that was ahead of it. I didn't know the, about the vaccines. I would just, my, my approach was, let's just see, wait and see what happens. But it went from here are the vaccines to safe and effective so fast. And it became like a religious thing. It, it was almost like a, like a cult um, of the pressure that people were putting on people. And I realized something was really wrong. And, and, and ultimately then and now I see it as a spiritual battle. I think this is just a battle of good and evil. And, and I find that most people that are on our side of things um, that have been fighting just for freedom of choice. I haven't demonized people that have chosen to get the vaccine, but I, I am against people who have chosen and think it's their right to mandate something, especially as an EUA, an emergency youth authorization, that could have never come into effect if they wouldn't have suppressed all the therapeutics that we know are working, um, that now the data, they can't suppress it anymore. It's exploding everywhere. It's like a bad game of whack-a-mole. They've been trying to keep the truth down and now they just can't anymore. The dam is breaking. And uh, it, it's, it's amazing, you know, even like you were talking earlier about Biden trying to still enforce a vaccine. And that's I was just watching people. the news. Yeah, that's killing people. And I was just watching the news earlier where somebody was making the claim, well, you know, it lessens severity. And I'm thinking they, they say these things like absolute fact, but there's no data. There's no scientific reasoning. My 73 year, like you mentioned, your dad, my mom was 73 years old with a lot of comorbidities, went into the hospital, she got a COVID diagnosis, and they said, we had nothing we could do for you. And I'm grateful because they didn't murder her in the, in the hospital where I'm Desimir, but You're we went and got her the ivermectin and she was better in two days. She was cooking us dinner two days later. So, you know, we, we know that they had the therapeutics and they had many of them. And, and we're just grateful to all these great doctors that have just risked everything like a Dr. McCullough, Pierre Corey and Ryan Cole and on and on and on. All these great doctors that have given us the, uh, I guess, the courage, not the courage, but the understanding medically, because most of us are not medical people, but they really helped lay it out and helped us understand. Um, and, and just to see that they're still trying to push this makes you know how dark and evil this whole how, narrative is you're and, right and how blind like one side of our universe to the other seems to be not seeing each other right now and it to me it's shocking because uh the real doctors are putting out the evidence every single day that is showing how dangerous this vaccine is and nobody's seeing it now you mentioned that you wrote uh so was this your website or how does this work it is yeah. yeah, this is my website. Uh, my friends over at uh, CCDF helped me put it together. Um, CJ Wheeler. Uh, I don't know if you know CJ Wheeler. She's a great friend. Turns out to yes. be a great friend and, and got on board with me early on when I decided to take a stand. And, and uh, so we got the website up and I, I wrote an open letter. My open letter was like 24 pages long. 
And uh, people said, nobody's going to read through that thing. And we, we chopped it up to like 2,000 words. But, <laughs> wow. I, but, but, you know, it's amazing when you look at all the, all the articles and all the news links that we put on to, to back up my convictions that, some, that I, there was no reason to take this vaccine. And now we go forward a year. It's so much more. And yet we're still having this debate. It's, it's, it's incredible that anybody's even having that. Like you're saying, it's two different parallel universes that are, are so far apart. So my question is, uh, you know, before we even went to air, I said, uh, like, how's it working out? You're still employed and uh, you're, you know, obviously you're a respectful person, but you've really asserted yourself in a very, you know, it, it's not uh, politically correct to do what you're doing. So how have you uh, stayed employed and, and all of that? I, 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 it's a God thing. I think like, uh, Robert was saying, you know, God's at, God's at work and he's kept me there. Um, I've handled myself respectfully. Uh, I tried to reason with them. My approach was not to attack, but to reason, to try to bring some, some sanity into the conversation. So that's been my approach. Uh, even with our lawsuit that we, that we now have put forth, uh, for discrimination, um, I'm still trying to reason with everybody. As a Christian, we're trying to bring everybody to Jesus. We're trying to bring them to the truth and to the light. Uh, but how I'm still there, I'm, I'm not sure what their reasonings are, but I'm, I'm grateful that I've, I've had the opportunity. And when we, when we first started this fight and I was by myself talking and people would approach me when they saw me in the media, they were, they were scared and they would say, you know, I share the story. I, I had somebody stop me in the storeroom and say, you're fighting. What are you going to do? How are we going to, what can I do? I'm all alone. Mm. I don't know who to talk to. And then I'd go 10 feet and somebody else would pull me aside. I go another 10 feet. Somebody else would pull. And everybody thought they were by themselves. Right. And that's the big trick of this whole thing, right? The big trick is they've, they've, they've created this, this system of fear that keeps people from communicating yes. and they divide us into all these sub tribes and that's how they control us. So it, it, now we're, I'm, I'm, continuing to be there and I'm having open conversations with people and it's not conspiracy. It's just talking about data, talking about facts, talking about, you know, their experiences and the, and the people that have gotten hurt that they know and the people, everybody that got COVID, they all got vaccinated and boosted. And there was a, the last round there. Everybody, everybody in my location got COVID. Everybody in the build ne building next to me got COVID right. and I didn't. You, you know, at that point, I had natural immunity. So, and, and that was the insanity of it. They, they were still discriminating against us and firing people, forcing us to wear N95 masks and, 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 and doing these protocols that were forcing us to wear like our Star of David, in, in a sense, for everybody else to see while everybody else didn't have to wear it. Wow. And, and that's the basis of our lawsuit right now. And, and many people got fired because they... Some people just couldn't, they were, they were outside, they had to take their mask off. They couldn't breathe with the darn thing. An N95 mask is hard to breathe through uh, when you're working for many hours. Um, but it was just the insanity of that. And who can make sense of it? it it's hard to, you know, that the best thing we hear is mass psychosis. Or I, I can't remember the other terms that they've used, but that's the, it's a spiritual thing. I, I think of Second Thessalonians, because they love not the truth, God send them a strong delusion so that they'll believe a lie. And it seems to be this grand delusion that has overtaken people. And you see them that with the wokeness, right? Everybody, everybody's kind of gravitating to the same camp. The people that are pro-mask, pro-mandate, pro-wokeness, pro-grooming kids, at, you know, from third, you know, here in Florida, pre-K to third grade, you know, 
that they think it's a good idea that that teachers can talk about their sexuality and their preferences and teach them pronouns. And for little kids, all these people seem to be gravitating in the same camp and all the people that are standing against it are are going the other direction. It's it's a really uh, interesting social commentary or, or experience we're going through. Um, but it, 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 it seems like everybody, people of the same spirit are embracing the same things. I agree. Like, I totally hear what you're saying, that it seems like if you love the mandates and you love the masks and the vaccines, you seem to embrace sort of uh, some of this other woke culture for some reason. Um, I mean, I, I, I could say that I know some people that wouldn't be embracing what they're putting in kids you know, uh, films and kids' school books, they wouldn't think that was okay, but yet they'll, they've, they're totally down with the masking and the mandates. Um, so there, there might be a little bit, but it does seem that, and we're being forced to choose right now. And I guess you came to that place. Like you, you, this is the hill that you have to be prepared to die on because, this vaccine could actually be what takes your life and therefore you have to make the decision whether the paycheck or, you know, or choosing to stand, which one, which one are you going to do? Right. And, and, and I think it was a principle of it. I mean, I, I, I knew early on people were, you know, you hear people were making their own fake vaccine cards and, and I considered that option. Um, but it was not only not taking the vaccine, it was taking a stand. I mean, w- w- when I saw the, the fact that they were willing to, 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 at a grand scale, suppress treatments that would save millions of people that were available, to force a vaccine and an emergency or use to mandate that thing um, under false pretenses. And now Pfizer, you know, we've had it released. They try to hold that data for 75 years and it's been released. Enough of it's been released that we know that they were killing people already early on in, 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 the, in the pretrials. So it, it was really more of I had to take a stand. I just I, I, going back to your last guest, it's just like I felt I had to do something, and I think a lot of us are are in that same boat. Do you uh, do you have a couple minutes? Uh, like, how's your time today? Because we have a couple of um, <clears throat> very interesting uh, things that are developing with respect to some of the vaccines, and it just strikes me that it's it's kind of uh, relevant to what you had to go through. Uh, there's uh, a 33-second video clip from Australian News, JT. Do you think we'd be able to show that? Is it easy to go to that? Uh, Because this all ties in, you know. Um, Like, were people actually told that they would lose their job at your organization or? Oh, they they fired people. They fired people. But not you. Fortunately, not me. so what what happened was people were standing on principle they didn't want to file for a religious exemption um i was one of those people that weren't even wasn't even going to ask for one uh the only reason we got to stay here in the state of florida was because of governor desantis passed the, uh, it took us six months to force a special session uh because our, our republican-led legislators refused to do it because all of them were beholden to disney and, and the lobby uh you know the pharmacy lobby and the hospital lobby um so, but when we passed the special legislation, that w- that forced Disney and all the all the businesses to allow people that refused the shot to get an option of an exemption. Um, and I wasn't going to even file for an exemption, but our lawyer at the time suggested we do it. 
And I wrote, rather than writing uh, an exemption letter, I wrote a protest letter. And then I gave them my exemption at the end and, and, and told them what they were doing was evil. So I felt better about it, where before I didn't even want to acknowledge I needed an exemption for something like this. Um, so that, that bought me time until the governor's decision, um, the mandate in the special session. And then that, that's why I stayed where a lot of people lost their jobs. And a lot of people were denied medical, they were denied medical exemptions. Doctors were refusing to give people that had severe, um, and I could go through a lot of those stories because I was helping a lot of these people. Yeah, They had real legit concerns and doctors, because of the pressure, were refusing to even and grant them. And, and Disney wasn't granting them. And the interview process, they were shooting people down left and right. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the world's gone upside down, hasn't it? Doctors are afraid to give legitimate exemptions where they even could say this person maybe, you know, should definitely not be having any sort of extra additive to their system because they're already struggling with something and that would make sense to give them an exemption but they don't want to because it's not politically correct and you could have dr bonnie henry trying to take away your license and so people have been silent um it, it's an appalling time yeah we're we're having a press conference here october 13th uh our, our lawyer at disney's also suing over hospital murders uh, there's been a lot of families uh, throughout the country, uh, and a lot of them we, we know here in the state of Florida. Um, so we're having we're we're having a press conference. We're bringing in a lot of doctors and lawyers and families to tell their stories about the hospital murders, as well as all the other adverse uh, effects of vaccines. And because we have to, we have to. You know, I said in the beginning we have to hold the line. Then we had to push back. But now we got to hold people accountable. They have to be accountable because they've kept everybody in fear and, and railroaded everybody. They need to be held accountable so that something like this doesn't happen again, Lord willing. And uh, so that's what we're working on now. You bet. And it only takes a few people to stand up, to, to begin to show the light. Because once truth is like a light, so when it shines into that dark place, then you see everything and you can't unsee it. So when they get exposed for what they've done, uh, then the masses, you know, I think that the, the great awakening is truly taking place right now. Let's roll that clip. JT, if you have that ready and see, uh, have a look. You know, can we start to tell the difference between influenza and COVID, systems, COVID symptoms for sure now? Um, it's not an easy thing to differentiate. And so, uh, you know, get that COVID rat test or, or COVID PCR test if you have got any of those compatible symptoms. Um, but flu uh, looks very much the same. And in fact, for people who um, are vaccinated against COVID, it, it might be a much more significant illness with the high fevers, the terrible headaches, the can't get off the couch. People really genuinely feel like they're hit by a truck. What occurs to me is that every single day we get more information like the science, the data shows, you know, you can't tell the difference between COVID and the flu and then maybe the flu is going to be worse. I, I mean, it just, it's, it's absolutely staggering. And I follow uh, Dr. Paul Alexander's Substack along with a whole bunch of yeah. other Substacks. Every single day he has some bomb drop about the studies and what they're showing, the efficacy, what Pfizer hid, how many people actually died. And they basically, they tried to subvert this information. And, um, and, and now they just don't, 
you know, nobody wants to talk about all the sudden adult death syndrome that's going on. Nobody wants to talk about the excess deaths that we cannot ascribe to COVID. Just suddenly the world is having more deaths than a pandemic year. You know, it's a very bizarre thing for, for, um, and, and you look at, um, how the, uh, the mainstream media continues to be just so culpable in these lies, like not telling the truth about ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. And thank God you were able to get that to your parents because it has been a killing field with my dad within 24 hours of taking hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. He was a new person and he looked like he was dying. And, and I had a doctor tell me he would have died if you hadn't done that. So, and you were, and you were fortunate in so many of the hospitals that we're dealing with, there's a lot of groups now that we're working with that, that, that rescue families reach out to them, um, to get them, their, their loved ones out of hospitals. And over and over, we've heard a lot of these stories where the hospitals basically take over the patients because they're incentivized. Uh, you know, it's up to, I think up to $500,000. I mean, if they, if they get them in there, they get a positive COVID test, they ring the register, they get them on a ventilator, they ring the register. They get they get a COVID death out of them. They ring the register and it's ring, ringing big. So they've incentivized these things, and and that explains a lot. I mean, it, it's hard to believe that people would be that evil and that any amount of money is worth a, a, a life. But um, it's so easy for them to do that. And uh, yeah, the fact that they've kept these life saving therapeutics and, and from from the people, and then on top of it, they've given them things like not only remdesivir but sedatives. And they've kept, you know, people from even getting into the hospitals to see their loved ones. So they don't have no idea what's going on. All they know is that, you know, they, they make up the story and they die and they go into renal failure. But that's because of the, the deadly cocktails they've, they've given them. And we've heard many stories where the same way where, where, where those who have been rescued come out and take the ivermectin and the therapeutics and, and they're fine. There, there was an 81-year-old man in, in Chicago uh, that the judge allowed the family to, to give him ivermectin after a fight. And, and that man in ICU walked out of ICU with ivermectin at 81 years old. So you know, we, these stories are there. It's just hard to understand that with all the stories, like you're saying that you're reading in, in Paul Alexander and all these great doctors, you would think by now this would be over. Um, but, but I guess the guilty have too much to protect. They can't give up now. You know, they're, they're, they're in it till they're the end. They're in a lot of trouble. When if I mean, if they admit anything, it's just think of Anthony Fauci. I don't know how he's made eight million dollars during a pandemic, but apparently he's a lot wealthier. And I'd really love to hear where all of that came, because, you know, we all know that that is a the love of money is the root of all evil. So if you love money, you've you somebody can get your price, the price for you to compromise and sell your soul on this planet. And it's probably not that much, you know. Uh, so a lot of people have sold out. They've they've ref- they've refused. Um, well, they've yeah refused to stand by the truth, and uh, that's been a really big problem. Yesterday, you were just talking about how much it costs in in the hospitals, and uh, yesterday we had Dr. Brian Artis on, and he had this to say about what the hospitals get. There's three scenarios. So they have one that's called outpatient care in California. If a patient comes and with COVID. There's an actual outpatient recommendation of remdesivir to go home and do two, three-day period treatments. And they get $3,200 is what the hospital can bill for that outpatient prescription and care for COVID. If they hospitalize you and consider that inpatient, 
and it's either a non-complex or a complex case. Complex means they put you on a vent. <laughs> so if they put you on a vent, you actually, on average in California, the hospital will receive for 10 days of treatment for COVID-19. If they select remdesivir as the primary antiviral drug and then follow the COVID protocol for 10 days, the average hospital in California is getting $454,000 in 10 days per patient. If they put on the death certificate after dying with remdesivir and ventilation, if they will just write down COVID-19 is the primary cause of death, California hospitals get an additional payment of $147,000 per person they designated died from COVID-19. Those are some pretty heavy incentives to follow a protocol for the first time to ignore practicing medicine, which has been the standard of care your whole career. Now medical doctors, nurse practitioners, ICU practitioners are being told by hospital administrators, look people, we have half a million dollars that'll come our way if you just do what they tell us. And oh my God, the federally funded Medicare, Medicaid funded hospitals around this country, of which Fresno, some of those, they are getting outright massive waterfalls of cash and money and incentives to follow these protocols. Then they're threatening the medical doctors if they don't want to use remdesivir and have been educated by your platform and others that we've been able to be on. If they decide to not give them remdesivir or follow it, they will have uh, their licenses suspended or their rights at the hospital removed. Now, down there in Florida, you've got the amazing Governor DeSantis, so I don't know uh, you know what Florida did, and I know all of your states are different, but that makes me sick, and I think that means a lot of people died needlessly because they don't care in those hospitals. And Loreland, it, it has been, even in the state of Florida, we were probably one of the best in the nation. One thing that Governor DeSantis did is that the hospitals could no longer keep the family members out. And I had a friend whose mom was in a nursing home and she was able to get in there and sneak in the ivermectin. So that was that was an end around. But what we have here in the state of Florida is the hospital immunity. They just extended it a few months ago for another year, which basically says the hospitals are guiltless no matter what they do when it comes to COVID related. So they have an immunity built in, even in the state of Florida, for them to do whatever they want COVID related and nobody will ever be able to hold them accountable. That is, is insane. And the incentives are still existing here in the, in the state of Florida, maybe not as high as, as California with that extra incentive kick in at the end, but they still have those, those they're dealing with CMS, we're dealing with the, you know, with, with the federal government with, with a lot of this money. And it still talks here, even in the state of Florida. So that's part of why we're going to have our, our press conference and we're going to try to bring this to light because we really need the governor's backing. But it's not just him because we have a great governor, but he's one man and he needs he needs political backing and he needs all the legislators on board. And they have proven themselves lately. They've done a lot of great things in the area of wokeness and, and CRT and, and the grooming and what have you. But when it has come to this issue, for whatever reason, they have really stalled and uh, sided on the wrong side of these things. Yeah, it's terrible. And uh, up here in British Columbia, in Canada, we have premiers, not governors. And our premier is so pathetic. Our uh, provincial health officer, Dr. Bonnie Henry, 
I believe is responsible for thousands of deaths, telling all of the doctors that they are not to prescribe hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, no early treatment. And uh, I got a letter, you were talking about how Governor DeSantis ensured that you could go into the hospital. People have died alone, thousands of them have died alone in hospitals, not just from COVID, from whatever, because they're not vaccinated. And in in our province of British Columbia, um, somebody wrote me yesterday, I'm a citizen of BC who is concerned about the restrictions on unvaccinated visitors to the hospitals and LTC facilities, long-term care facilities. This is one of the last few freedoms we are being denied here in this province. Nothing seems to change in regards to these restrictions to our freedom unless there is some type of outcry from the public and politicians. Um, that they have written, um, you know, emails to the liberal MLAs, you know, our all of our politicians, and it looks like the unvaccinated are still not being allowed in our hospitals. And thank God my dad was sick when I was able to get in a little bit later, and I wouldn't have been even allowed in the hospital. And I honestly, Nick, I think I just would have lost my ever love in mind because I knew that he was not safe with doctors and nurses on the COVID ward. How sad is that? Dr. Artis, by the way, this was an amazing interview yesterday. We should get this on a Twitter clip. He says, if you get sick, number one, assume you can't believe a word that your doctor's saying anymore. That's where we're at. Very sad. I think I, I think I think they've really hurt themselves because uh, here in Florida we got a great Dr. Littell. He he does he's putting together another conference, COVID conference, pretty soon. And uh, oh, sorry. And and one of the things he's worried about is the whole system. Nobody has any confidence with the hospital systems anymore or the doctors. We've all lost it. Even the people that are remaining quiet, they're they're they've lost any real faith in, in modern medicine. And, and that's, that's a real sad case. I mean, it's, it's sad that you got to be scared to go into the hospital if you really need one. If, you know, and I've considered that too. What if I get into a car wreck and I got to go into the hospital because you're unvaccinated, they treat you different. And if they throw a COVID test on you last minute and got, you know, those things aren't even accurate. So many people go in for something else. They have no symptoms. They give them a positive COVID test. Then randomly, they ventilate and them, then, put them on remdesivir and, yeah. and they're dead. <laughs> yeah that that's happened a lot that has oh happened a lot it's it, 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 it's it's crazy and sad it's crazy and sad and it's terrible for me to laugh but it's kind of just like you can just see you know sort of you know some cartoon on okay come on in you've got this problem i mean it actually happened when my dad was in the hospital a guy came into the hospital in surrey memorial he had a leg problem he got covid while he was there and they vented him and he died like I knew his son, his uh, stepson that, and I, we watched the whole thing happen and I had, you know, coffee with him. And he, I mean, they were just floored, like completely like what just happened here. And they didn't, they were told you shouldn't really come in to see him. And also this fellow was put on a drug to keep him calm because he was right. angry, an anger Sedated. medication. So I said to him, was he an angry guy? He said he was like such one of the calmest, nicest guys you could ever meet. You have to wonder what went on in that hospital. I'm sick of it. A a lot of them try to force a DNR, do not resuscitate. And even when the family said, lets them know what we're finding out is somehow in the middle of the night, they they just claim, well, we talked to him, he changed his mind. 
and somehow they, they scare them. Like a lot of people, you're going to be better on the ventilator. You're going to die uh, or, or the different things they do. But, you know, a real thing is if we don't have public outrage, if people refuse to stand up because they're scared for themselves, none of this goes away. And if they give you a little bone, I know in Canada, after you guys have been through so much and you mentioned earlier, don't don't let your guard down. No, I, I, I keep saying they they they, they push this far and then. They pull back this far and then they push that far and they pull back this far and they always make you feel like everybody can relax and exhale. But that's just because they're getting ready to spring the next thing onto you in the new normal. They take you way down the block compared to where you started and they just keep getting away with it. And and I, I've been my message has been to the churches and to the pastors, because if they would really stand up because they should be the ones that are fearless in all this, because they have a living God to put their trust in and they don't need to worry about their lives because their eternal security is safe. It has to be with the churches and for the people of faith to stand up. If the churches would rise and the pastors would encourage people and tell them the truth and stop being so scared, we would really not only have a revival, but we could really bring to, to light all these injustices and bring people to salvation once they realize how how, bit, how bad they've been doing this is yes yeah. and and the enemy is just ramping up his hatred towards mankind and all these crazy creatures like harari you know that we're hackable animals and and we need to create new religions that should come from silicon valley basically um we we've lost the plot and and it's very it's a very dangerous hour but thank god that we do have the lord but i agree with you about the the churches have failed like we had an opportunity to stand very few of them of them have actually had, done what they you needed had some great to do. ones in canada you had some great ones in canada that are renowned Arthur for Pulowski. the stance they take yeah yeah well yeah. and he's so, a rare breed yes yeah yeah but we need more um, we need more of them we really do. We really do. Now, one of the other things that you're very brave in, we're all a little bit concerned. I just recently did a show about what they're showing children, what they are allowing books in school to our kids in British Columbia. This is also coming out in the States. Uh, video after video, people reading these books and they have to be shut down because the ears of, of the school trustees can't even handle what is being read out. But these are books in our children's schools and they're grooming them. They're sexually uh, exploiting our kids. And some of that has really gotten Disney a bad rap lately for some of the things that they've been putting out. And they don't, they, they, they haven't re relented actually they just keep doubling down um they're 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 committed to the, this path they're on i think uh, looking back they've been on this path for a while but it seems to be just a coordinated effort um not just with disney uh, but with a lot of corporations and the country itself we've had this explosion of children and jag drag queens all over the country uh, where they're dressing up the kids but they're also having kids in bars and 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 vice versa um, so something is crazy is really going on. Uh, I think that what you're showing on the screen now is a new uh, TV series, Marvel TV series, Iron Ironheart superhero, and one of the what they call a drag queen uh, star, um, who's one of the one of the top drag queens is is going to be somehow in an unspecified role on the show. Um, and and they're you know what adults choose to do in the privacy of the amongst themselves that's that's their issue right that's between them and god 
But what they're, when they're bringing this to children who are impressionable at such a young age and confusing them and, and you know, like with, with here in Florida that Disney has chosen to take a stand against pre-K to third grade. And I've, and I've said for a while, if I were to go out into my neighborhood and talk to a five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten year old about my sexual preferences, about things of that nature, I don't think it would be long before the police were at my door arresting me. And yet, the, the the company, the number one company for for children's entertainment in the world, is pushing this through its cartoons, through its movies, and teachers are being allowed all over the country, and I imagine in your country as well. I think we're seeing an issue with the the fake prosthetic breast. Um, that one teacher is using and there's yes. speculation on, on whether he's trolling or whether whether this is a real mental issue. But these things that are that are being allowed to, to children that are being impressionable, it's it's outrageous and it's 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 horrific. And how more parents and more people and the churches are not screaming from the top of their lungs and getting involved in the process to stop these things is is beyond many of us. So, so parents really need to understand, like in this article uh, in Epic Times, if we can go back to that screen, on previous occasions, it says Disney executives have announced a not-so-secret gay agenda and efforts to add queerness to children's programming. Disney has a company pledged to make 50% of its on-screen characters sexual and racial minorities. Um, the, you know, the queerness, I mean, it used to be that we were talking one to 2% of our population. And now, of course, with Soros investing millions of dollars into having every child taught that they can change their gender and adding confusion to all of our kids. Now this is seeming to be the mainstream way to go and Disney embracing this. What gives? Are they getting a lot of money? Is there is there a drag queen uh, heading up the uh, the Disney? Like, do they not understand? Um, I mean, I did many shows with a, a fellow named Jen Smith who dressed in drag basically and uh, talked about the mental health issues, why he did this, what was behind it all. He talked about the mental health issues in the community. And also that if you do proceed to get this changing of your body, you're in a very high suicidality um, case rate, you know? It's a and hard so, life, yeah. Right. And, and so how is this promoting something positive for children? I don't think, you know, Laura, I, I was trying to, to, to allude to it. I don't think this, this is about money anymore. Um, I, th I think this is, this is how you destroy the family unit. This is how you destroy. I heard a pastor say it the other day. Our identities, sex is something you do. It's not an identity. They have taken their, the sexual aspect of it and made it children's identity, right? right? And their pronouns and stuff like that. So they are taking them out of... A, all normalcy and if they're loading them up onto the ship of crazy i like to, to to use the analogy taking them out deep out into the sea and from the shores of truth so they won't know what the truth is anymore they're going to look back and they can't even see the shores of truth this is how you control a society because most of these kids especially when you get them on these puberty blockers and you get you you mutilate their their their, their little bodies you're, you're at that point, what you're doing is you're making them dependent and you're making you, you're putting these kids into survival mode. It's a very hard life. And, and when they're in survival mode, how do they stand up against anybody? 
I, I, I just keep saying these are tools in the Marxist toolbox. And anything that, that, that breaks down family, faith, you know, just goodness, all this stuff is just to break down society so that they can control it. And whatever's going on in the sixth mind of sorrows, that for whatever, you know, his history and whatever he went through back during the, the Nazi Germany era, what he had to survive, something really went wrong in that brain of his. And his, it, this is clearly to destroy. With all the DAs, I don't know how they're doing in Canada, but with all the DAs that he's unleashed on us all over the country here in, in the United States, crime has exploded. Right. It's going, it, it, they're breaking down a society. Police are retiring or committing suicide, and there's no cadets coming up. And then no decent people want to be cops at that point. No. So w what's left at that? When they're purging out the military, they're pur purging out the forces, they're going to have a bunch of obedient people. Like I see the police in Canada where they're able to do these horrific things to their citizens. They purge the ranks. And they're right. doing that here in, Flor in, in, in the United States, not Florida yet. Thank God our governor has been great about that. But then they're gonna then they're gonna unleash a federal force on these on these cities like New York and LA right. and Philadelphia that are out of control. So and I it, think that's all part of the plan. And it strikes me that a lot of Canadians don't understand that Soros has literally invested millions and and he's funding uh, these. Uh, attorney generals basically right and different people in different states to basically let the bad dudes out of jail let crime you know not be prosecuted no justice at all and that's creating complete chaos and crime is skyrocketing in many of these states now they're they're emboldening the criminals so you're seeing flash mobs of young people who have no restraint any long just taking over places because once you take the restraint off and they say well there's no penalty there are people like in Philadelphia, literally killed people, said he was going to kill some, one young man, was going to kill somebody on social media, went out and did it. And then he's out. He's out of jail a day later. Now, I think the biblical, it says, you know, when you don't convict these crimes, the heart of people grows increasingly wicked to commit more. And I think that's that that was the formula. He's, he's emboldened the criminals. Um, and, and, and now we're seeing the results of that. I think here in the state of Florida, Governor DeSantis went after one of those Soros DAs and, and he, he had the power through the Florida Constitution to take him out. Um, but but that's that's a, a rare occurrence in, in all these other all these other states. And, and, and they sell it packaged as somehow this is this this. I guess this giving the, the criminals more the benefit of the doubt and, and, and somehow that's supposed to turn them. But these are hardened criminals that don't have any respect for life or or anything and to be letting them on the street put them in jail and do better at reforming them i'm all for that i'm all for about giving better resources help them from you know they they have they have destroyed the family and we know that most of these people in these vulnerable communities a lack of a father in the home is what is causing the crime what is causing the rape what's causing all the drug abuse that's going on that's where all that is coming from. If they really were serious about stopping the crimes and getting less people in jail, we start there. We start by going back into these communities and incentivizing keeping these fathers in the homes. Not like we've done in the United States where they give incentives to people to be single parent homes and to have more kids just so they can get more money. That's that's where 100%. these problems are coming from. Right. So I wonder, 
You know what, Nick? What if the 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 payment or uh, the punishment uh, would be going to jail and having to watch Little House on the Prairie and the Waltons and leave it to Beaver for hours and days on end? Like that would there would be nothing but these shows, you know, or or even um, uh, you know, well, nobody thinks too much of Bill Cosby anymore. But I really liked his. What was his the name of their comedy series? The Cosby nope. Show, um, yeah. you know, like uh, good family values in spite of the fact that he was probably, uh, you know, who knows what behind the scenes. But uh, showing patterning, what we've lost is the patterning of good society. And uh, so people don't have fathers and now, you know, it's all coming out. And there's no value in innocence and goodness anymore. People goodness. don't have, there's, yeah, th those basic things where people just would want to protect kids and keep them from seeing these things. And you have all these parents bringing in their, their three-year-olds into a drag queen story hour or taking them into a bar to watch these shows and hand money. You know, it, there's, there's a lack of sense of, of, of just, just decency. And, 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 and to me, it's satanic because it's just so widespread that a lot of these people, it's just, it's like a tidal wave that's coming over us. And, and, and again, I go back to it's the pastors and churches. That's the last line of defense. Our politicians aren't going to save us, you know, but, but the pastors could activate their, their congregations and start speaking up and get, get these politicians scared of losing those votes. That would motivate them. Um, but we're in a bad place. We're in a bad place, but I, I really like your word goodness. We've lost the goodness, the goodness of life, the goodness of God. We've lost putting God in the right position in our, on, in our culture. And therefore, especially in Canada, I have to say, when I was in the United States, I found so many people that talked about God, so many politicians really willing to admit their faith. In Canada, if you talk about being a Christian, you might as well kiss your political career goodbye in in the last few years that's just like like don't talk to us about that canada's lost it we ought to be talking about god non-stop is what we need to do in order to rebel we're all being called christian nationalists i hear you are down there too and uh christian yeah. nationalists we embrace it you know we love god family and country right and and we're standing for him um speaking of satanic i'm wondering about this crazy new series uh disney is is talking about um, I'll show it to you here. Um, so it's, is it called Little Demon? And, yeah. uh, and, and this is a, a, what's being said to be a, a controversial animated series. And basically, what can you tell us about this? I mean, this is not cool. You know, I, it, it's, it's really not shocking. If you look at a lot of their TV shows, there's, there's one um i can't remember the name of it where they had a lot of messianic symbolism and, and a lot of occultic stuff and a lot of these shows they've been little by little a toying with this um it's it's not directly done under disney but it's done under disney's umbrella so they're culpable of it mm -hmm. um but it's it's i think it's under the fox brand but they had you know the the, the tv show lucifer and what they do just like they do in a lot of these movies and their tv shows they bring you into the they suck you in with these storylines and these characters people buy into that and then they drop these these horrific things on you and i think that has that has led to the spawning of such a show where they're just so blatant about it um, right and, and i think and i think people because they have lost a sense of goodness morality and an understanding of the danger of satan transforming himself into an angel of light they look at this and they try to look at it through a, a 
philosophical, psychological, metaphor kind of thing. But but this is pretty damning. And and even though they say it's an adult cartoon, cartoons are geared towards kids. Kids are going to be gravitated towards this stuff, and and nothing good comes out of it. That you know they. They, they, they keep selling us on this fake utopia. And, and you, when I was thinking when you were talking about Canada, that nobody will mention they're Christian in politics, they sell you on the good side of we want to be more rational and we want to be more sophisticated and we, you know, all these things. And they, they present it that way. But then you see the results of all their failed policies destroying our, 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 our communities, our cities, our nation. And, and then the, the way they want to get to, to better is they think that they're going to keep doubling down and it's going to get a different result. And, and that's that old adage, the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, thinking you're going to get a different result. And, and, and we're seeing the results of all this. We're seeing the high suicide rates about young children. We're seeing all the confusion that they're, they're unleashing on them. And, and everybody's like, oh, you know, you, you, you watch these news programs. We don't understand, just like we don't understand the sads and the sudden death. You know, like common sense. What, how about yes. this common sense? What's common different? sense? And, you know, um, I, I grew up watching Disney. I was in the Arctic. We only had Channel 3 and we'd have Disney shows in the afternoon on Sundays. And I loved them. I loved the, the way they'd make you go into a different world with, you know, some of their movies and all of that. And it just, you know, brings back wonderful memories. But does Disney understand that a lot of society is really going to start, they're going to tell all their friends, like, we don't want to watch a show about the Antichrist being born to a family and, and how that, like about demons, we don't want that. And we don't want our children exposed to the transgender agenda and the, the um, you know, sexualization of children and pedophiles are now... Like it's there, we're having a big problem. We're exposing them in our schools here in British Columbia, literally pedophiles, like they have infiltrated. We don't want kids, we don't want people that are not safe to be near our kids. And we don't want to watch shows about transgenderism and all this queerness. We don't want it. Um, and it's, it's ruining the, the brand. I, I don't think they care anymore. I mean, I, I don't think it's a mistake. I mean, they, they, they've come out with those videos from Christopher Rofu that was leaked that I thought was planted. Um, I, I, they've doubled down, tripled down. They, they're going forward. Um, and and, I, and it, I go back to the churches. I think the last line of defense is our churches and our pastors from the pulpit need to be explaining these things. This is not politics. This is right or wrong. We're not talking politics. We're fighting for the salvation of our kids. We're fighting just for their, whether it's yeah. even salvation, we're just trying to help them survive um, and, and grow up into adulthood well adjusted so that they can make decisions for themselves, whether they choose to embrace some of these things or not. They need to, they need to at least have a fighting chance to make those decisions for themselves. Anything else is manipulation, coercion, and grooming. Um, and and I, I, I wish that, that, that it was like somebody cared, but I, I don't think anybody cares in these corporations. And I've talked before, the ESG scores, and all this is well thought out, um, that, that some people way at the top, these elitists, these global elitists have come up with a pretty sure, sure, you know, safe, secure plan, fire safe plan. Um, and, and it's going to take all of us standing up saying no. And, it, and, it, and, it's, and, I, and I think it just goes back to the pastors. We need our pastors now. Um, I don't see any other way at this point, by the grace of God. Um, 
you know, because we are the ones that have access to the power of God and, and, for, and to activate that into our lives. And, and, and everybody else that, are, that doesn't have that Holy Spirit, the access to the Holy Spirit and the, and the truth, they're, you know, they're, they, they're powerless. Um, we're the Amen. ones that got to do it. Amen. Yeah. And I've had an opportunity to meet some of the greatest pastors across our nation uh, this last year, and I am so grateful for them. I just wish there were more. We are underwhelmed by what our churches are doing and have done and have allowed. And so I wholeheartedly concur uh, with your analysis. Um, Nick, I just want to thank you very much for your time and just your bravery and your courage. You're an incredible person and God sees it and you are standing in the gap for our nation and um, for North America, for your nation. I'm, I'm a dual citizen, but you're standing in the gap for our children of North America and the world, really. And I, I appreciate you and I pray God's favor on your life and that you will be seen as an asset in your company, despite that you're saying some things that are, are, are really difficult, but I appreciate you. Thank you. And thank you too, for taking the stand and, and getting the word out and being an avenue for people to, to hear the truth. And, and uh, if there's any, any good I can brag about, I'll, I'll, I'll credit Jesus for it. So. Amen. Thank you. I like that. Thank you, Nick. God bless. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Fantastic. Wow. That was a lot. I could uh, have talked to both of those guys uh, just so long today that uh, I really did um, get right into that conversation and it went longer than I thought. It was so important. A lot happening in our world. Let's have a look at what Tucker Carlson had to say about Zelensky um, being a client of the Biden administration, not leader of a democratic nation. I think we're closer to World War Three or some kind of, you know, major blow up than we've been maybe ever. Take a look at Tucker Carlson's uh, analysis. The Biden administration is responsible either directly or through proxies for the destruction of the Nord Stream pipelines and the environmental catastrophe and the economic collapse that will certainly follow. That is true. It's done. So the question is, where does that leave us? And that's the problem. This act leaves us, the United States, with no option but total war with Russia. There is no off-ramp now. There is no way out. We are all in, no matter what that means, no matter where it goes. Are you shocked by this? Was there a vote on this? Did someone ask your opinion? No, but it's been happening for months in slow motion. It's been hidden from public view by the near total blackout imposed by America media, media outlets. She probably didn't know any of the details. For example, in March, the Turkish government tried to broker a peace in Ukraine, and they came very, very close. It wasn't reported widely. Ukraine was prepared to guarantee neutrality, meaning it would not join NATO. That's what the Russians wanted above all. And in return for that, the Russian government would withdraw its forces from Ukraine. And that might have been a neat solution. Certainly for the rest of us, the global economy wouldn't need to be destroyed. Nobody would die in a nuclear war. Negotiations to that point advanced to the stage that Vladimir Putin pledged to meet with Zelensky to sign a truce treaty. And Zelensky was ready for it too. And we're quoting, I'm ready for a dialogue, he announced. But sadly, Zelensky could not act alone. Despite what you may hear on NBC News, Zelensky is not the independent leader of a democratic nation. No, not even close. That is a fiction. Zelensky is a client of the Biden administration, which runs his country. 
and ideologues within the Biden administration did not want a negotiated peace in Ukraine. They wanted all along, and it's very clear now, a regime change war against Russia, period. So that's what they are now getting. So they want Putin to be out. And what Tucker goes on to say, and I always encourage you, Every night, do not miss Tucker. If there is something going on of any importance in the world, he is covering it. He never misses it. He is on the mark every single day. I consider him one of the brightest, most uh, intelligent voices in our time. And he's saying, so you think Putin's crazy, but um, and, and you need to get rid of him, but you're openly threatening him uh, with nuclear war, basically. And now you're, you're putting out there that he's crazy enough to blow up his own pipeline when he needs, <laughs> he needs the oil. Doesn't make sense. And then I'm sure you've all seen, we don't have time to show you everything because I, I wish we could just do everything. I mean, I just sit here for five hours a day and uh, we could go over all the, all the news items that are coming in. But, you know, Biden, uh, you know, maybe a couple months ago or whatever, basically threatened out loud, like we will stop them. Believe me, we will take care of it all. We will stop them. And uh, a reporter said, well, how will you, you know, deal with this pipeline? He says, just be rest assured, you know, we will. And now, oh, what do you know? It's blown up. And, you know, why would a guy blow up his own pipeline? Is Putin a good guy? No, we always say that, no. But what is with this um, Ukrainian leader, just a puppet and threatening? And now he's basically, here's a guy needs the whole world's help. It's kind of like, you know, so if you have a school ground, you have a bully and another kid, right? Uh, that's being bullied. So then y'all go on the side of the, the kid that's being bullied and you're helping him. And now he's basically demanding, you know, more recess time and longer lunches from, from the teachers. You know, that's what's happened. I mean, he seems, uh, you know, this Zelensky seems like he thinks he controls everybody. They'll all do whatever he wants. Wow. Quite, quite a coup he's got, you know, that are all hanging on his coattails, whatever he says. Oh, now we got to see Putin gone. He's, yeah, he's crazy and he's a, you know, a, a killer or whatever, but let's enrage him. Like, where is peace? There is no peaceful talk right now. It's so brutal. And when Trump was in power, you might hate him or love him. When Trump was in power, he had five peace deals in the, um, in the Middle East. He was on good terms with Little Rocket Man, right? Little Rocket Man wasn't shooting his rockets all over the place from North Korea, right? They were on good terms. And he had, he was on good terms with Putin, which they turned into Russia, Russia, Russia collusion. They're crazy. All, all of them are crazy. We had a, a world that was functioning. Everything's completely upside down in not even two years. It's unbelievable times. Let's have a look at Del Bigtree of the High Wire UK doctor uh, wrote two explosive papers on the mRNA COVID vaccine. Dr. Asim Malhotra, take a look. Talk about, I would say this week's whistleblower. It's fairly new to the scene, obviously a prominent heart doctor 
in the UK. We saw him speaking out on GBN News back in October. Well, now he's written maybe two of the most important papers to be written about the COVID-19 vaccine, especially the mRNA vaccines. It's getting a lot of press. It's getting a lot of attention. In many ways, you could say he's going viral. He's on the news. He's doing, um, you know, conferences and talking about this. So this is just a taste of really the new star on the block when it comes to transparency and a passion for the scientific method. I'm talking about Dr. Ashim Malhotra. Take a look at this. I was one of the first people to have the COVID-19 vaccine. I helped out in a vaccine center. I was on Good Morning Britain helping tackle vaccine hesitancy. I did not conceive of the possibility that a vaccine could cause any real harm at all. It wasn't even part of, it wasn't even anywhere in my brain. Over a few months, conversations with various people started to make me think a little bit differently. I'm somebody from a very prestigious British institution, cardiology department, researcher, a whistleblower if you like, contacted me to say that the researchers in this department had found inflammation from imaging studies around the coronary arteries and um, they had a meeting and these researchers at the moment have decided they're not going to publish their findings because they are concerned about losing research money from the drug industry. Knowing this information, which is very concerning, Stephen Gundry's paper in circulation, and also anecdotal evidence. I mean, I have a lot of interaction with the cardiology community across the UK, and anecdotally, I've been getting told by colleagues that they are seeing younger and younger people coming in with heart attacks. We have 14,000 extra unexplained out-of-hospital cardiac arrests in this yeah. country alone. Israel data. No one wants to talk about Israel data. 16 to 39 year olds. They did a very rigorous analysis. 25% increase in heart attacks and out of hospital cardiac arrests in 16 to 39 year olds, specifically associated with, associated with the vaccine, not associated with COVID. I was under the impression the vaccine would prevent transmission. We obviously now know that's completely false. That isn't true. We don't even know if it was true at the beginning. Right. And that's one of the things that Biden is still saying why he wants to have these 20,000 troops uh, vaccinated. I think they would be accepting like a third vaccine or something forcing uh, is because um, then they can't give COVID to someone else. And of course, we all know you can give COVID to someone else. And so there's just no verification in what they're doing. And now we've got real doctors coming out stating they... The, I, I guess the reason that some doctors have been so trusting, they would be just like this fellow. I mean, naive it is in, in light of what we all know. Very naive to think that doctors or people like Anthony Fauci making millions of dollars doing God only knows what during this time. But, uh, you know, for him and, and many other doctors, they want to believe the best of this whole process. And he did. Then he begins to find out that there's all of these harms, deaths, myocarditis and such, birth issues, uh, infertility, um, a lot of things going on. So uh, I wanna show you this website, ICANN uh, vSafe dashboard. The CDC was sued to release its vSafe data to the public and it is now available at this website. And so it's got a lot of features, AJT, like you can kind of play with it. It moved the, the numbers kind of, uh, well, it's got time zones there and everything. But um, so if you look down adverse health impact by vaccine, so the yellow, the circle down here at the far right, that's the Pfizer one point, um, 
yeah, it is hard to see. And the Moderna, and I guess these are, I don't know, based on 1.4 receiving it. Uh, Moderna, and then they've got the other two brands. Right. This is a sample of the 10 million that have had it. Individuals impacted 3 million, at the top right, 3,353,109 individuals impacted. And then health impacts reported is 6,458, 751. And so they've released this so that you can go um, un where, which part is in the females? Oh, okay, so the green and blue, race and sex down here. Um, what is it saying that uh, females are more impacted? Okay. 1.9 million uh, Caucasians. Uh, in The green is the females and the, okay, and the dark green is the males. Yeah, and then the Asian, it's females in every category, in every race, it's all females more impacted negatively with the vaccines. It's a very interesting thing to have a look at, and that will be in our Flipboard where you can always find everything that we report on. And then China is enforcing a zero COVID policy with machine guns at a Chinese airport. And I mean, what is going on? These are the people in charge of a lot of things that we are giving them. Yesterday we covered how we're allowing them to, um, what was it yesterday? Um, I think I have yesterday's thing, but basically um, Federal Reserve, no, 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 no. China is giving a lot of leeway in our country. And this is how they treat people there. They want to have a zero COVID policy. And I don't know, I just don't trust people that run around with guns like that and are, you know, so mean. We, we've watched what they've done in trapping people into their homes and not letting them get out even for food. Some people literally starve to death, they've report, reported. Something's just so wrong. I mean, it's barbaric. And these are the people, you know, that have organ donor, uh, organ harvesting, all kinds of, you know, humanitarian issues that are not right. Um, Toronto won't back down on firefighter vaccine mandates. And this is very sad. So with all of the harms that we know, they're going to harm the people that will run into a burning building for you to save you. Toronto is not backing down. I, I don't know how they are not aware of the data that is showing the myocarditis that is happening, uh, the, the sudden adult death syndrome that is going on, the doctors that have died, as reported by Dr. William Mackis, right on this show, he's reported the findings of many, many people uh, even doctors that have had their shots and then die. I mean, is society just forcing everyone to have to choose to either live or do their job? And what will happen to our society after everything that they're doing? Um, 
here's a, a video, Ivory Hecker talking with Dr. Sabine Hazen on the new medical censorship law just brought in by California Governor Gavin Newsom. This guy is a tyrant. Assembly Bill 2098, uh, I'm reading it now, makes it a crime for a doctor to express any information that's anti-vaccine or, you know, information about treatment for new illnesses like that might be contrary to the state's narrative. So I, I guess doctors across California now, in order to preserve their license, need to make sure they understand the state's narrative and abide by what Newsom believes is right. the best treatment. Yes, until Newsom becomes a patient and needs a doctor, right? <laughs> In the state of California, and the state of California is gonna say, I'm sorry, there's nothing, no treatment for this disease yet because we don't know. Wow. You know, I, I, I appreciate that sooner or later, all of these things that are being done to restrict our freedoms, to restrict good information, um, it'll all come back to bite you in the dust because even the word of God says that when you lay a net for someone else, that same net, it will be laid for you and you will fall into the net that you are laying for others. And whether in this lifetime or the next one, there will be justice. Absolutely. Okay, uh, Dan Bongino, one of my favorite uh, good fellas on this planet, um, he talks with Leah Halpern about the U.S. federal, uh, U.S. Fed, and they want a central bank digital currency. That's all coming down. Warning you over and over, and now the Fed's saying the quiet part out loud. They want a digital currency. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the biggest surveillance tool you will ever see in human history. They're now saying the quiet part out loud about the creation of a central bank digital currency. Take a listen. So it would not be anonymous. It would not be an anonymous bearer instrument. We would be looking to balance privacy protection with identity verification, which, is, which has to be done, of course, in today's traditional banking system. Can you, I mean, you just heard him say it. You don't have to listen to me. Joining me now is cryptocurrency expert and the author of Undressing Bitcoin, Leah Halpern. Leah, thanks so much for joining us. You know, uh, you've been sounding the alarm about these central bank digital currencies for a while. Me as well. It's a big concern. This is the ultimate surveillance tool, isn't it? Absolutely. And anonymity isn't even the worst of our problems. The worst of our problems is the fact that it's going to be programmable because it is digital. It means the money can be programmed to be spent in any way in which um, the central bank or the government decides. So one of my particular concerns is the World Economic Forum, because they're talking about implementing a carbon allowance. Now, this means each individual um, will be given a certain amount of um, whether it's credit or whatever it is, carbon that they are allowed to emit. And how do they implement that? Through a central bank digital currency. So if I buy too many plane tickets or if I buy too much meat because those, thing, those things are all supposedly very bad for the environment, my money when I go to fill up my car could then be declined. So now they're literally controlling what we can and can't do with our money. It's also important to realize that the money can expire. So during times of um, economic uncertainty, central banks love to print um, lots and lots of money, which causes inflation. Um, but we could get to a point where they say, um, you know, instead of printing money, guys, you have to spend at least 10% of your savings 
savings in the next three months. If you don't spend that money in the next three months, then that money is going to expire. And if you can't save money, well, then you can't build long-lasting generational wealth. You're always going to be a slave to the system. And, you know, I don't think people really understand the severity of this. Money is literally the energy which fuels your life. If you don't have freedom of money, you don't have freedom of anything. Um, you know, Dan, I know you talk about um, the Second Amendment. You know, if they, they don't need to necessarily get rid of the Second Amendment, but they can just say um, they can program your money so that you can't actually go and buy a gun. So again, it really is the, uh, the most tyrannical form of um, surveillance we will ever see. When they control the money, they control the world. Yeah, this is why I love your podcast. I, I honestly think you're one of the few people that gets the threat from these digital currencies. I only got about 30 seconds left, but just quickly, the Bank of England, despite being in a massive inflationary global crisis, has decided they're going to start printing more money through a quantitative easing program. This isn't going to stop this inflation crisis. The minute the politics heat up, they just start printing again. Absolutely. The more debt that we get into, the only way to get out of it is to continue um, printing money. They announced tax cuts. They announced that they're going to be deregulating the market, which caused the crash. Um, and as a result, because there's no more, um, they're not going to be collecting as much money because of the tax cuts. They're going to have to borrow more money, more debt. How do you solve that? Printing more money and inflation. So I'm a huge advocate for Bitcoin. Hmm. Well, I don't understand any of it, so... <laughs> I don't know what to do. I mean, if the internet goes down, like you can't get to your Bitcoin, right? I don't know. Some people said, oh, no, you can always get it, but, but you still need the internet. And ultimately, if it gets controlled by anything digital, um, someone can pull the plug, right? And then you just got no access. Uh, maybe, you know, we can't operate with our phones anymore. I've had a guy lately, he's saying you got to go back to the flip phones, but then they're saying even the new flip phones, they've got a little tracer thing in them. So, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. It, it's really hard. I do know that gold and silver are, ta are talked about in the Bible and investing in gold and silver. Uh, we have this guy in uh, Kelowna, Steve Merrill, and he's going to be on the show to talk to us about things like this. Is it a good idea to invest in gold and silver right now? I, you know, I, I think to me that is because the word of God even talks about that. Um, so we'll see. Very interesting. But I get totally lost in all the Bitcoin stuff. And I know some of you know that I've got this guy that writes me sometimes about it and, and I still don't understand it. So help me. But good news, uh, something very interesting breaking today is that Public Safety Minister Mark Mendocino, uh, he backdated government documents in an apparent bid to mislead a federal judge. And this happened in 2020 when he was the Minister of Education. Do you... Oh, Minister of Immigration. Sorry, I, did I say education? Oh, yeah. I was just reading ahead, and that was not a good idea. Uh, what do you think, JT? Is he... Um, will there be justice? It's a crime. It's a crime to try to mislead a judge. Right. So he should resign. We want him to resign and be done. And you shouldn't be lying and doing things that are wrong. It's very simple in life, isn't it? Like, just do the right thing. Um, are we doing the Trudeau thing? Trudeau government gives the... Oh, no, that was from yesterday. This is what I was looking for everywhere. It's on the back of today's. Yeah, Trudeau government gave the Chinese government-controlled company contract for security equipment in 170 of our embassies. 
Yeah, yeah, we did that yesterday, and, and then you look at what they're doing, you know, and I just don't trust them at all. So I'm Laura Lynn, uh, Tyler Thompson. You can find me at laurelin.tv. If I am ever not on uh, Facebook or one of these platforms that you're watching me right now, if I'm not there for a few days, don't just think that I'm taking a break because if I'm going to take a break for a long time, I will tell you that. Otherwise, I just got like kicked off or you know I've got a, I'm in jail I'm in Facebook jail right now for another 12 days I think and then I'll be back on celebrating but until then the reason that I'm in Facebook jail is because Dr. Um, Hoff said that we are due to the numbers of all of the deaths in the British Columbia hospitals we now have a pandemic of the vaccinated and um, apparently I wasn't allowed to say that so Anyways, the numbers, uh, the fact checkers should really check the facts before they just go knocking you off, right, for telling the truth about things. Uh, website is laurelin.tv. If you are able to help us and to support this, you will not see any of the things you saw here today on your nightly news. You will not see them in your news. You won't see it in the province uh, or the papers at all. You will only find the information that you really need to know about here. Uh, at Laura Lynn Live. You will also find it at some other independent producers and I believe that we need to support them. Thank you very much for making us part of your giving. And uh, we do offer tax receipts because here we also believe in bringing the word of God as the answer to life's problems. And that enables me to send you a income tax receipt. And I thank you very much for your donations. You can go to our website. There's a donate button. Makes it super easy. Or you can... Um, do it by email, laurelinlive at protonmail.com. And man, does it ever mean a lot when you choose to spend that, that income that you could do something else with. You choose to spend it to help us. I appreciate it. That's what makes it possible for me to sit here, give you all this information today. Uh, Proverbs 4, I want to close with, um, end with this. Do you know Proverbs has 31 chapters and there's pretty much 31 days in most of the most of the months in our year oh oh you know my husband uh okay i didn't know that my husband's saying it's too bad uh mr mendocino didn't know that because there's only 30 days in April, and he changed it to what? April 31st? <laughs> April Fool's joke happened to him at the end of the month. So he got caught up because he didn't know that. Oh, that is interesting. Well, <laughs> hilarious. Well, so what happens is, if there is actually 31 days, and you'd have to skip or read two chapters uh, in April, Mr. Mendocino, <laughs> uh, should have checked the calendar. Wow, that is sad, but I'm glad. You know, the, the Word of God says, be sure your sins will find you out. So if you were to read just one, let, let's say you want to get back into Bible reading. What's an easy way to do that? Proverbs. It has 31 chapters, so you just read one a day. So let's uh, read Proverbs 4. <clears throat> Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning. So do not forsake my teaching. For I too was a son to my father, still tender and cherished by my mother. Then he taught me and he said to me, take hold of my words with all your heart. 
Keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. That is so true, isn't it? You start walking away from God's principles. You start doing your own thing and walking into sin, uh, changing documents here and there. It gets you into a whole lot of trouble. But protection comes when you, the Bible says don't steal, so you don't. The Bible says not to covet, so you stop coveting. The Bible says not to love money, so you stop doing that. You don't place the love of money above everything in your life. The Bible says to walk with clean hands and a pure heart, to love righteousness, to do what God calls you to even though the cost is great, even though the way forward, the way to heaven, it, it's a narrow path. The way to, to, to destruction is a wide path. So what does God ask us to do? He asks us to walk with integrity, with purity of heart. Is that easy? I don't think it is. It means making daily decisions to do what's right. It means not looking at the pornography when you could. It means choosing to walk away from lust and lasciviousness. That's a big word. Choosing to walk away from doing what is wrong. Somebody offers you a bribe. Someone out there right now listening to my voice, somebody's offering you something to do something that's very wrong and it could get you in a, a lot of trouble. Today, you need to choose to do what is right and find that protection that the Word of God is talking about in Proverbs 4. God bless everyone. See you tomorrow. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing, but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked, and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.